fun. Hey, there it is. We are here on a beautiful, beautiful Tuesday. I had to check the watch because I couldn't quite remember what day it was, but uh, we did have a last minute cancellation, so it's just me today. However, I'm going to invite anybody who wants to to jump into the show, I'm going to throw the link into the comments. So uh, when we come back, if you want to jump in, let's have some fun. Let's have some let's have a talk. Let's do this. Practicing polyamory, real life perspectives from the imperfect people of polyamory. The mission of the Practicing Polyamory podcast is to provide a platform for all of the real-life, flawed humans that practice polyamory so that we might all learn from one another and grow as a community. Enjoy the show. I don't know. I love that song. I definitely made a good choice in replacing that from the original because that one gets me pumped up. I like it. I like it. I have a lot of fun. All right. Well, anyway, thank you all, as always, for uh, joining me today on the show. Uh, I'm excited to say that I, I'm, I'm over 70. I think I'm over 70 uh, subscribers on the YouTube. So I'm like that close. I'm this close. I'm this close. Um, if you have not already, please head on over to YouTube, do a search for Practicing Polyamory Podcast, okay? All three of those words. Uh, I was told today that if you just search for polyamory or podcast or whatever, uh, there's a bunch of different things, things that come out. So Practicing Polyamory Podcast, hit that subscribe button. And uh, if I get to 100 subscribers really, really soon, I get to get my own custom URL and that'll make me super excited and happy. You can also find me on all the Facebooks, all the Twitters, all the Instagrams, all the social medias at Practicing practicing polyA and if you want to follow me there I'm putting out different content in different places trying to up my social media game also to remind you if you are listening to this podcast you are a welcomed guest to be on the show in fact if you want to join today's show I threw the link into the comments you can hop in today so if you're polyamorous if you're actively polyamorous I want to hear your story if you're polyam curious I want to hear your story. If you're a professional serving the polyamorous community, and let me let you know, there's a bunch of those coming because I went on to polyfriendly.org and I emailed everybody on that list. So I am booked out right now until June, all the way out until June with a bunch of professionals. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I want to make room though for everybody else. So uh, there's going to be more time slots coming for anybody that's not quote unquote professional wants to be on the show. So uh, again, gay, straight, queer, lesbian, trans, NBA, arrow, whatever. I want to hear your stories because the more stories we hear, the more the world learns about us and the better we can serve our community. So that is it. That's my spiel. Let's jump into today's fun episode. We're going to have a good time. Oopsie. Oh, actually, I have an awesome producer. Let me give it up to my producer because I totally forgot to uh, change the title of the show and he went ahead and did it for me. I looked up like freaking out thinking that it was going to still have the uh, guest's name, but uh, bravo to you, Mr. Dude, I almost had you. you I, I almost had myself, but this one's for you. You demand, you demand, you demand. Appreciate you. All right. So um, today's article is from, uh, where is it from? What is this address here? Uh, Vocal.media. Okay, that's cool. Whatever. And it was just, you know, something that I looked up, something that I thought would be interesting to talk about. Um, it's a bunch of different tips that this author by the name of Oceana Teffenhart. 
Wow, that's a good one. Um, just just tips, just things that we need to, t- to think about, things that we should know about. You know, when we're coming into polyamorous relationships, it doesn't matter whether we have we're, whether it's brand new to us. I mean, a lot of the research that we're going to talk about, a lot of the re- research that we would go over is going to be, you know, geared and directed towards people who are most likely new to the polyamorous world. Um if you are more experienced, you might find more value in some of the books out there. Right now, I am reading or rereading, uh, listening to, because I'm not much of a reader, to be honest. Uh, I do more more of my uh, learning through audiobooks, through podcasts, through watching videos, that kind of stuff. Um, so I'm listening to, for the second time, uh, Polysecure by Jessica Fern. So that's a really, really good one. Gets into... Um, attachment theory, which again, I haven't read a ton about. This is kind of my first uh, foray into attachment theory is coming coming at it from a polyamorous perspective. Uh, but attachment theory in general uh, has been around since the 60s and uh, very much geared towards monogamy towards monogamous relationships and uh, the way that we attach to our monogamous partners finding a way to detach from that and you know rewrite it for the polyamorous perspective that's something that Jessica Fern has done really really well so if you are more experienced and you want to get some good reading in that's one uh very good recommendation and actually uh Tiffany Thowen our intuitive eating coach from a couple of weeks ago also recommended that book so definitely definitely worth reading worth checking out worth getting into so let's get into some of this other subject material just for fun. Uh, We are going to talk about some tips when it comes to polyamorous relationships, period. Some the best polyamorous relationship tips just to make it work. Uh, One of the things that this article says is meet your partner's other partners, meet your metamors and give them permission to be a partner. I had a little bit of a issue with this, give them permission to be a partner thing. Um, I'm thinking that this is coming from a couple's perspective. So uh, if one member of the couple, uh, you know, is thinking that this other person coming into the relationship is going to be some kind of a competition or anything like that. Uh, I think that that's what it's speaking to is saying, give them permission to be the partner. Um, 60% of the time it works every time. Right. (laughs) Uh, When it comes to giving permission, I think that this is something that is more, internal work as opposed to externally giving someone permission. If you think that you are in a position to give someone permission to date your partner, uh, I promise you are setting yourself up for a world of hurt and massive failure in this polyamory life because you you can't control your partner. Trust me, I tried. Uh, it doesn't work. <laughs> uh, what? what ain't no country I ever heard of? They speak English and what? Oh, man. Samuel L. Jackson will come after you and, you know, yell in obscenities because it, it just it does not work. You do not want to be the partner that tries to control your partner. You, you know, when we are practicing polyamory, one of the great things about it, one of my favorite things about it is the autonomy that has come with it. Um, I really have come into my own 
um just some some like background here uh i was very much a oh i don't know how to say it uh a lover as a kid <laughs> i i fell in love quickly i fell in love hard i fell in love fast and i fell in love for a long time uh when i had crushes i i mean i had a crush on uh one girl her name was suzette i had a crush on her from like fifth grade through till like eighth grade and then i surrender to your will i wish <laughs> um you know i i i would fall in love and i would have these huge crushes and like when it didn't work out it would it would you know break me apart uh where was i going with that i had this whole thing that i was talking about partners other partners giving permission oh you know all of this like this this intense emotion uh made me very dependent on the affection that i got from that partner it made me very um possessive of that partner it made me very insecure and jealous and all these different things um and one of the things that has changed one of the things that that i think changes a lot for people when we get into polyamorous relationships is we find that we are actually our own people we start to decouple we start to detangle ourselves from this to become one mentality and rather than being in a couple that always does everything together how many of you have been in that situation before do you want to go there do you want to go there well i don't know do you want to go nope i don't want to go okay i guess we're not going right doesn't that happen? Don't we don't we recognize that and see that in um in our monogamous past? I know I do. I know I I say hold up. Wait a minute. Right? Exactly. It's like no, 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 no. Now, now if you want to go do something, you go do that thing. And if I want to go do something that you're not interested, I'm going to go do that thing and I'm going to have a great time whether I'm Have a nice day. <laughs> I am going to have a nice day. <laughs> It's going to be a good time, you know, and this is the great thing about it is we're not uh, we're not tied to what our other partner is doing. Now, getting back to this whole point of giving a partner permission, the whole thing that I'm that that I was getting to is, you know, when we are possessive like that, when we're holding on to our partner and thinking that we own them in any way, that's just going to set ourselves up for um for a lot of heartache in a polyamorous relationship because you we cannot be sitting here being the gatekeeper to our partner's relationships i've i've seen a lot of times uh where you know people will try to hold back on feelings or whatever like yeah they're allowed to have a friend with benefits but they're not allowed to have any emotional attachment Right. Well, good luck with that, because when it comes right down to it, you spend enough time with people and, you know, sex is a connecting experience. Right. And so maybe you can have a friend with benefits and never actually have that emotional connection. It's so great. But to I didn't think you had it in you. Right. But to say that your partner is not allowed to to try and put that kind of a rule again trying to give your permit uh, your partner permission or take it away it's just not going to work out well so uh, when it comes to meeting our other partners this is also not necessarily a requirement this is what we talk about uh what we call 
kitchen table polyamory, which works. It's great. Uh, for me personally, that's my preferred method. I do want to meet my partners, other partners. I do want to know, uh, you know, because frankly, my partner has pretty good uh, taste, right? I think so. And so if they like this other person, I probably would like them too. And, you know, it's a great way to, to make new friendships and have new connections and, you know, have all these things. So preferably I want to have that, um, kitchen table polyamory, but it's not a requirement. It's not necessarily something that has to be. There are a lot of polyamorous relationships that are parallel. And so they, you know, run side by side and the two never shall meet. And that's okay too. There's nothing necessarily wrong with that. It's just a preference. Um, and then the other thing that I'll mention, I'll throw out, uh, here is DADT, right? Don't ask, don't tell. This is one of those relationship styles that I think can cause a lot more problems uh, because then there's like the secrecy and trying to hide things and, you know, don't ask, don't tell it, it. It lends itself to, well, what if you come home one of these days when your partner is with someone and then all of a sudden there's this big blow up or anything like that, you know, there's rules around it. There's things that you can set up to try and avoid all of those things for sure. I'm not disqualifying it. I'm just saying, in my opinion, it can cause more problems than it actually solves. Hey, I just want to throw this out there since we've got some viewers. Uh, if you want to be on the show, I did throw the link in the comments. So if you want to jump on and have a conversation, come have some fun with me. All right, moving on to the next piece. As hard as it, as hard as it is, don't try to force your relationship to be some kind of way. 100% agree with this. Relationships are fluid. One of the great things about being polyamorous is we get to define how we how we relate to people, how we have relationships. Um, one of the monogamy tropes, I guess uh, that that's a word I'll use for now. Uh, but one of the bases of mono of monogamy is what we call the relation the relationship escalator. So boy meets girl or whatever, right? Two people meet and they like each other. They love each other. They uh, get very heavily involved. They move in together. They get engaged. They get married. They buy a house. They have kids. They raise their kids. They get old and, you know, whatever. Kids take care of them. Like that is the relationship escalator. Each of these different life events is a step in that escalator. In polyamorous relationships, we often get rid of the escalator. We, we take that away. We don't necessarily say, hey, with every single partner that I'm with, I'm going to move in and have kids with and have a family and do all of these different things. It, it doesn't work that way. I mean, it, imagine being in three or four relationships and trying to have a home with all of them. I mean, if they all get along and everything's awesome, then cool. But, you know, that doesn't necessarily work that way. So we we have gotten rid of the uh, relationship escalator, which frees up the relationship style. It gives us a lot more space to really explore what type of relationship do we actually want to have from this person. Um, as I'm listening to Polly Secure, one of the things that she mentions is whether or not a partner is an attachment style partner right? This does give us the ability to have 
as I mentioned, a friend with benefits where we don't have the attachment part of it where we are not, that's not the person that we call when we're having a really rough time, when we're, excuse me, when we're uh, depressed, when we are stressed out, when we are, you know, whatever, and we need to like vent and we need somebody to just hold us and, and tell us that everything's going to be okay. That, uh, that person that we have maybe a friends with benefits, um, situation with that might not be that person but maybe we do have a partner that is much closer to us that provides that secure base or the safe haven those are words from that book again um and so if we have those partners those are the ones that we reach out to those are the ones that uh that we have that kind of closeness, but it doesn't necessarily have to be that way every single time. Uh, another term that we see thrown around in our community is comet partner. A comet partner is somebody who comes around once in a while, like a comet, right? Think of Haley's comet. It comes once every 75 years, if I remember right. And so this comet partner might be someone who lives in another state or in another country, but they come to visit every couple of months or so when it's not COVID time. Uh, and so when that person comes to your area, maybe you guys hook up and you have some fun and, you know, it is what it is and blah, 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 blah. And you still keep in touch. Maybe you still text and, you know, share memes and all these different things that you do to to continue to create the, to nurture the, the relationship. Um, but it's not someone that you are, that's a super, uh, important part of your life. They're not part of your secure base. They're not one of these, you know, super, super attached partners. So again, as hard as it is, don't try to force your relationship to be some kind of way. Just allow your relationships to take whatever form that they're going to. I think that's another thing that um, people have trouble with when they're trying to date in a polyamorous world also uh just something that i notice you know don't don't attack me it's just something that i notice people uh are are always looking for one thing or another they're they're trying to force the relationship to be a you know whatever a, a, a they're looking for something very specific and if they don't find it, then that's it. They're out. Or, you know, they're really just looking for that partner, that secure base partner, the safe haven partner. They're looking for that really strong attachment as opposed to just looking for connection. For me, that's what it's all about. That's what I'm always looking for is just connection. And, you know, this is something that I've found in my life, regardless of being polyamorous. It's I, I enjoy connection. I like going to bars and just talking to people and laughing and having a few drinks, throwing things back, meeting new people, whatever, always looking for the connection. It wasn't until, you know, discovering polyamory that I was like, oh, this connection can go any way that I wanted to now. That's awesome. Right. But, uh, but still it's, it's all about just finding the natural connection, finding people that are into the same things as me, finding people that want to do the same things as me. And now that, I have polyamory. I don't have to force it to be anything other than what it's meant to be. All right. So let's talk about some uh, things to look for when we have partners with other partners. And, you know, our partner is maybe not uh, as attentive, right? This is one of the things that we see. So the, um, the caption says, don't keep score, but do keep an eye on trends. So if you're looking for the one for one 
type of relationship, right? Where, well, you had a date night with uh, this person. You had a date night with them on Tuesday, so I should get a date night on Thursday. That's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Couldn't have said it better myself. That's not how any of this works. Um, keeping score is definitely going to put you in a position where you're putting a lot of pressure on your partner, quite frankly. You know, your partner might not have the the spoons, if anybody's read about that. They might not have the spoons to be able to do that every single week, week in and week out. And, you know, they get a fancy date. Now I get a fancy date. They get a road trip. Now I get a road trip. They get a staycation. Now I get a staycation. Like, it's not a tit for tat type of situation. It's That's not how this works. That's not how any of this works, right? Understand that your partner and, and find the security, find what works, look for that reassurance from your partner and realize, understand that you are you to your partner. You are exactly who you are. And this is where, where we need to start finding security within ourselves. This is where we need to start saying, you know what? I... I'm your huckleberry. I am your huckleberry. And you know what? He might be your, what's another kind of berry? Raspberry. They might be your raspberry, but I'm your huckleberry. I don't think it means what you think it means. All right, all right. I'm trying here. I'm trying here. Analogies are not my strong suit. But the point is that what you are to your partner is exactly what you are to your partner. And nobody can replace what you are to your partner. Whatever the other partner is to them, that's what they are. And you are not going to replace what that person is. So, I mean, I've, I've, I've fallen into this trap, you know, multiple times, especially during uh, this this COVID year. It's been really tough, you know. It's been, uh, and, and I know that a lot of relationships have not survived COVID for, for a number of reasons. Um, but, you know, for me and my partner, one of the things that was tough was when, you know, she wouldn't, I, I wouldn't have a chance to see her because of the uh, exposures that I would have or, you know, exposures she would have. And we went, you know, as long as two months at one point, not seeing each other. And during those times, you know, there were times that she would that she would go to see her other partner because he hadn't had the exposures that I had. And so I'm sitting here and I've been, you know, oh, this sucks. Like, you know whatever it is that I'm going through in my mind that I'm like, I'm trying to, to, to not be jealous, I guess. Uh, you know, I'm like, Nope, it's not jealousy. It's just envy. I, I, I want the same thing. I want to be able to spend time, but I can't because this and that, and it sucks. Right. If I were to be a scorekeeper, I would be like, well, you went with Jason for, you know, three days. So I should have three days the next time that we get together or, you know, all these different things. And if I start making that a requirement, if I start saying, this is what you have to do. Oh, trust me. She going to bounce. <laughs> it's going to be a break. It's going to be a break. Um, so again, you know, going back to that, giving your partner permission, uh, keeping an eye on, on trends, keeping score, all this stuff. Like, Scorekeeping is definitely not something that we want to do. Um, keeping an eye on trends, 
yeah, sure. I mean, you know, if you notice that your partner is just pulling away and pulling away and pulling away and pulling away, you know, then you're going to want to keep an eye on those things and be like, hey, what, what's going on? Right. Going back to our three rules of uh, <laughs> three rules of polyamory, communicate, communicate, communicate. So if you see those trends, if you do see that, you know, your partner maybe has been pulling away, it's been sometime, you know, maybe you are used to seeing your partner once a week and all of a sudden three weeks go by and, and you haven't seen them or, or it's gone from once a week to once every two weeks and, you know, then once every three weeks or whatever, keeping an eye on those trends is definitely a good thing so that you can keep an eye on your relationship and kind of see where things are going. Again, a huge recommendation, a huge shout out to the Multi-Amory podcast. Do a radar, have that time to check in and see how y'all are doing. Uh, and keeping an eye on those trends in the radar it goes over a bunch of different subjects. Uh, what uh, Vanessa and I were doing was actually scoring each of those areas of our life and then keeping the past radar sheets so that we could kind of look over and say, well, last month we were at a four out of 10. This month we're at a six out of 10. Awesome. We're doing well, right? Or whatever. If it goes the other direction, you can talk about those things and see how to improve. All right. Next. It's not a competition and it's not a zero sum game. Again, still talking about our partners, other partners. It's not a competition. I saw this great meme. It was, uh, oh, I know it was on Twitter. It was something like, uh, I, I know you're her boyfriend. I'm her boyfriend too. You're just my boyfriend in law or something like that. It was, it, it, it's much better when you actually see it on Twitter. I, I, you know, totally butchered it. I'm sorry. I took it too far. <laughs> But hey, it's not a competition, you know, it's really not. One of the great things that I've learned is the way that my partners, the, the way that my metamor loves my partner is a very special way of loving them, right? It's it's unique to them. Watching them in their relationship, watching the way that their relationship has developed. Um, I think he's wonderful. I do think he's wonderful. It's so true. <laughs> Um, you know, our, our, our family's been going through a, a really rough time, uh, the past month or so, and he's, he's really been there for her, uh, you know, at her side through, uh, you know, some, some incredibly, incredibly tough experiences, uh, that I'm going to get emotional if I start talking about too much. So, um, it's not a competition. It is a cooperation. We both love the same person for probably many of the same reasons uh, and probably many different reasons also. But we're in this to lift up that person. And it's it's such a wonderful feeling to be able to to to, to love extra. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. To to love double, to see um it, it's the compersion. Right, it's the compersion that that we talk about. I know it's not a book in the English dictionary just yet, but uh, it's coming. And the compersion is, you know, seeing how happy your partner's partners make them, seeing how happy your metamor makes your partner, uh, and and thriving in it, enjoying it, just just uh, not not wallowing, but uh, you know bathing in it. It's what it's, it's wonderful. It's, it's an absolutely wonderful thing. Uh, it's not a zero sum game. We talk about this all the time, you know, love is infinite, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Whatever. Cheesy, 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 but it's true. You know, there's so much love that, 
I have found I'm able to give one of my favorite experiences and and it's it's happened you know a handful of times where i'm just like laying in bed with one partner and actually thinking about the other or just thinking about how much love i have for both of them simultaneously and it's like i i just i can't believe how much i love both of these people it's it's amazing like i don't know how that happened i i i it blows me away <laughs> to be honest with you because I really did. You know, I, I mentioned how much I grew up crushing and, and being in love with, you know, one person at a time and just like head over heels. And trust me, I mean, it was writing love letters and like carving names into trees and all, all the cheesy corny things that you can think of that uh, sixth grade me would have done. You know, this was uh sixth grade, what I uh, 1994 ish, you know, somewhere around there. So think of all the corny movies that you've seen in the late eighties and early nineties. And I was trying to do all of that stuff. I was all about the, uh, the big show experiences. Uh, mind you by the same token, I went to a movie once and I was too shy to hold her hand. So, you know, it's, (laughs) it's all part of it. It's all part of the learning and growing. Um, but Love is infinite, and your partner has enough love to give you and her other partners. Keep trust in that. Keep uh, keep faith in that. Keep faith in your partner. Believe in the best of them. And you know what? Sometimes things don't work out, and it sucks, and it's hard. There's another book that I'm looking to uh, to read probably later this month. Uh, I think it's the polyamorous breakup book or something like that. Somebody just recommended it on uh, one of the Facebook groups. So I'll be taking a look at that uh, and, you know, going to read more about that. But that is it for today. Hope you all had a great time. Uh, Next time that we do have a cancellation, I'm going to keep dropping the link into the chat, into the uh, comment section. So I hope next time somebody will jump in and uh, hang out with me. Other than that, uh, I'm going to remind everybody that when you listen live, it is commercial free, but it's not when you download the podcast uh, on any of your podcast uh, applications, whatever. So if you want to avoid the commercial interruptions, catch us live Monday through Wednesday at 2.30 Pacific or sign up for Patreon where you'll not only get access to commercial free RSS feed, but also Patreon only content, which I have yet to create, but it's going to be a lot of fun when I do. I promise you that. Uh, And we're going to get preemptive Q&A with our professional guests. We have a lot of professional guests coming up. Uh, I may have overdone it with that, but uh, that's okay because we're going to still get everybody else in there. Anybody who wants to be a part of the show, if you want to be a part of the show, be a part of the show. You can sign up. Go to practicingpolyamory.com and you can sign up and we'll have a lot of fun. We'll chit chat. We'll have a good time. All right. Don't forget, please subscribe, review, uh, find me on YouTube, practicing polyamory podcast follow me on all social media at practicing poly a and uh i think that's it i think that's all i got so thank you all again as always much love have a nice day thank you for tuning in to the practicing polyamory podcast would you or someone in your polycule like to be a guest sign up at practicingpolyamory.com and join the conversation please support us by subscribing liking and following us on social media at practicing polya by clicking any of the affiliate links on our website or by subscribing at patreon.com slash practicing polya